Hi everyone, this is Cassie and you are listening to Wine and True Crime. Unfortunately, Carly won't be joining me today for personal reasons, so I hope you join me in sending her our best wishes and we hope that she will return soon. Until then, I will be bringing cases from both sides of the pond. This past week was the anniversary of a very big case in the UK, so get ready, get a big glass of wine, while I tell you the case of the MEN bombing. Ariana Grande was finishing her concert at Manchester Arena. Fans were happily singing and dancing within the building when at 31 minutes past 10 a loud bang was heard from the foyer. Now before I go on with the details, I remember, as I'm sure everyone does, what I was doing as the news started to be reported. I was at work and a colleague of mine mentioned people were evacuating the MEN arena and Manchester Victoria station which is situated underneath the arena because of a loud bang. None of us were worried, we thought it'd be something mundane and the earliest reports seemed to think that it was one of the large pink balloons that were part of Ariana's concert that had popped. As my shift finished, the truth started to come out. And the truth was so shocking that I didn't sleep that night. I stayed up all night watching the news as more updates were revealed. And this is what happened. At quarter past ten, just quarter of an hour before the bang occurred, a member of the public reported a man to show sex security of a man wearing black clothes and a large rucksack. According to Wikipedia, an 18-year-old guard observed the man in question but did not intervene in case his concerns were wrong and he didn't want to risk being branded as a racist. Reportedly, he tried to use his radio to alert the control room, but he couldn't get through. At 31 minutes past 10, surrounded by people who were either leaving the concert or waiting for loved ones still inside, the man detonated a homemade device filled with nuts and bolts. According to the evidence provided at the coroner's inquest, the bomb was strong enough to kill people 20 metres away. Greater Manchester Police acted straight away on the reports of an explosion and evacuated the railway station and closed roads in the area. The railway station ended up being closed for a long period of time as it caused structural problems. Armed officers, paramedics and uniformed police quickly arrived on the scene. Britain's terrorist threat level was raised to severe before being raised again the next day at Theresa May's command to critical, which is how it remained for four days. This was Britain's deadliest terrorist attack since July 2005. From an article in the Manchester Evening News at around 1am, police confirmed 19 people had been killed and 50 were injured. The number carried on rising and was later confirmed as 250 injured and 22 people killed. These included Jane Tweddle, 51, Wendy Fowell, 50, Alison Howe, 45, Michelle Kiss, 45, Lisa Lees, 43, 
Elaine McIver, 43, Marcin Cliss, 42, Angelica Cliss, 39, Philip Tron, 32, Kelly Brewster, 32, Martin Hett, 29, John Atkinson, 26, Courtney Boyle, 19, Liam Curry, 19, Georgina Callender, 18, Chloe Rutherford, 17, Megan Hurley, 15, Olivia Campbell Hardy, 15, Neil Jones, 14, Alid McLeod, 14, Sorov Lukowski, 14, and Safi Russos, who was eight. Eight years old. It's horrific. All of the victims were, it's just horrific. They went to a concert. But here's the part of this whole tragedy that we could take pride in. Facebook quickly switched on its safety check feature so that concert goers could let people know they were safe. Local families offered beds for the night to people at the concert and taxi drivers. In solidarity, they all turned off their meters and gave free rides so that people could get home to their loved ones safely. That is just amazing. Paula Robinson, she should be applauded over and over again. She was in the train station at the time. She took 50 children to the Holiday Inn and stayed with them until they were collected by their families. Ariana Grande tweeted the next morning, quote, broken, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so sorry, I don't have words, end quote. Poor Ariana, she's a young girl herself. She came to the UK to do a concert and because of what happened, she was so traumatized, she had to go back home to her mum to recover from what had happened. But we'll speak more about Ariana because she's a good person. The evening after the tragedy, a vigil was held in Albert Square in which thousands attended or watched on the news. On the 25th of May, a national minute silence was held to remember the victims. Tattooists gave up their time and spent hour after hour tattooing the Manchester Bee onto thousands of people in return for a donation to a charity to help the families of the victims. An artist used his free time to create a memorial mural on the side of a building depicting MCR within a heart surrounded by 22 bees. Hashtag we stand with Manchester trended on social media. I remember the next morning I set a poem as my profile picture and this is what it read. A great Tuesday morning neath Lancastrian skies we wake once again to wipe tears from our eyes. Forced to wear robes of weakness and pity as cowards attack the very heart of our city. Like always we'll comfort and hold one another. A Mancunian family of sisters and brothers. For a time our strut is reduced to a stagger. But make no mistake, we'll rekindle our swagger. 
we'll learn how to live with another deep scar. If you think you can beat us, you don't know who we are. We're Collyhurst, Ancoats, Moston and Sale. We're Oldham and Bury, Ashton, Rochdale. We're Pankhurst and Turing, the Gallagher brothers. We're Morrissey, Ma and a million others. We're a city of workers, a city of shirkers, a city of tracksuits and Bibles and burkers. Vegetarian, Rastafarian, atheist, Jew, 100% red, 100% blue. We're each of us different, but never alone. In this cosmopolitopia, we get to call home. So come at us again and again if you must. Time after time we'll rise from the dust. You'll never prevail, not against us. This is Manchester, our Manchester, and the bees still buzz. That poem, even right now, gives me chills. I don't know who the author was, but it appeared on my social media page. And it had to go on as my profile because that just highlighted the public that came together to help the survivors and to help the families. We are the bees that buzz. And people should be damn proud of what they did that night to help. Paramedics tried their hardest to give first aid to those that needed it most. And police, whilst trying to analyse what had happened, they were still trying to keep those that couldn't move safe and comforted. The public banded together and help was offered in every direction. And I've said it before in our episodes and I will keep on saying it. After every tragedy, the British public will band together and they will help. And I couldn't be more proud of Manchester for how they reacted that night. Unfortunately, there were those that took advantage. And one of the most infamous people of that night was a man called Chris Parker, who was a homeless man. And he was initially hailed a hero for going into the arena after the explosion to supposedly help the victims. Following his heroic act, 50,000 pounds was crowdfunded for him by the public to enable him to have a home. However, CCTV later showed him going through a grandmother's bag and taking her purse while her granddaughter was laid dying. He used her card at a McDonald's in the subsequent days. He also admitted stealing a mobile phone belonging to a teenage girl, stopping her from letting her family know and causing them undue stress. And one of the most barbaric things he did was he took pictures of the scene and tried to sell them to the media. He was arrested and he was due to stand trial, but he failed to show up. His electronic tag was found inside his bail hostel room and a warrant was issued for his arrest. He was found hiding in a, ho- in a loft in Halifax and he was brought to court. He pled guilty 
and he was sentenced to four years, three months in prison. Put it this way, the public no longer like him. But he wasn't the person that caused the bombing. The person responsible for this atrocity was a man called Salman Abidi, and he was aged 22. He was described by a former college tutor as a very slow, uneducated and passive person. Students at the college that he attended had also raised concerns about his behaviour. He had planned the attack alongside his brother Hashem, who was in Libya at the time of the attack. Although Salman was born in Manchester, he and his brother would join their father in Libya to fight alongside the Libyan Islamic Fighting Group. The brothers were rescued in August 2014 in Tripoli by the Royal Navy Survey Ship HMS Enterprise. They were part of a group of 110 British citizens rescued as the Libyan civil war erupted. The brothers used a rented property in Blackley to make the device and to view IS videos. Hashem asked friends of his to use their Amazon accounts to buy chemicals in the form of craft, hygiene and restoration materials. I can only guess that this was most likely so there wouldn't be any red flags raised with the amount of chemicals ordered. It was also allegedly reported that he used the takeaway that he worked at to order litres of hydrogen peroxide. The brothers were also using an unoccupied house in Rushholm as a delivery address for some of the chemicals. Hashem's fingerprints were found there and there were sightings of Salman riding away from the property on his bike. There is a claim reported in the metro.co.uk that Salman travelled to the arena days before the explosion and he watched fans arriving for a take that gig. That just sends a cold shiver down my spine thinking that not only did he was he planning this barbaric act but he was watching people as they arrived for a fun event that they'd probably been looking forward to for ages and he was watching them knowing what he was going to do there must have been no social empathy there it sounds so psychopathic because he did not care he knew what he wanted to do and he did it and he didn't care because he wasn't going to be around and his brother didn't care the mind is just stumped when I think about what is going through these people's minds however on the night of the 22nd, Salman is seen on various CCTV throughout the city wearing dark clothes and carrying a large rucksack. When he detonated the improvised explosive device, he caused nuts and bolts to fire out in all directions, causing catastrophic injuries and death. The following day, the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant claim the attack was carried out 
by a soldier of the Khalifa. Abidi's sister said he was mortified by revenge for Muslim children killed by American airstrikes in Syria. A family friend also claimed that a friend of Salman and Hashem, who was run over and stabbed to death by a Manchester gang in 2016, also prompted him to seek revenge. But, again, why little kids? This was a pop concert. This wasn't like a heavy metal one where you'd expect it to be, you know, teens and older. You wouldn't expect to see young kids there. This was a pop concert. There was kids there with their families happily singing and dancing away innocently I just I wonder why he chose Ariana's concert we'll never know he's gone but I just cannot fathom why that concert and why he thought that the younger generation needed to be blamed within hours of the attack Salman's name and other confidential information given to the security services in the US were leaked to the news media, including crime scene photographs in the 24th of May edition of the New York Times. UK counter-terrorism police chiefs claimed the release of the material was detrimental to the investigation. The next day, Greater Manchester Police announced it had stopped sharing information with the US intelligence services. Donald Trump described the leaks as deeply troubling and vowed to carry out a full investigation. New York Times editor Dean Backett declined to apologise for the publishing of the backpack bomb photographs while maintaining that the material was not classified at the highest level. On the 26th of May, US Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said that the US government had accepted responsibilities for the leaks. Again, not great, but that's not the worst part. The worst part was that a man went into a social place and murdered innocent people. And the UK wasn't any better. The property where Salman lived in Fallowfield was raided on the 23rd of May. Manchester police believe that Abidi used student loans from his time at the University of Salford to finance a plot, including travelling overseas to learn bomb making. It was found that he was known to British security services and the police, but was not regarded as a high risk. I'm sorry, what? Not regards the high risk. Seriously. He'd been reported to authorities for his extremism by five community leaders and family members, but not regards the high risk. One week after the attack, MI5 launched an internal inquiry into the handling of the warnings it had received about Salman and Hashem and a second more in-depth inquiry into how the risk was missed. I say it was called for, you know, 
people are reporting that something isn't right, these reports are going missing or not being followed up, and now this happens. It's not good enough. Six months after the attack, the Intelligence and Security Committee of Parliament published a report in which it notes, quote, What we can say is that there were a number of failings in the handling of Salman Abidi's case. While it is impossible to say whether these have, would have prevented the devastating attack on the 22nd of May, we have concluded that as a result of the failings, potential opportunities to prevent it were missed, end quote. That was like stating the obvious. We'll never know if anything that could have been put into place would have prevented the tragedy, but at least it would have been attempted. On the 1st of November 2017, UK requested Libya to extradite Hashem back to the UK to face trial for complicity in the murder of the 22 victims. On the 17th of November, he was charged with murder, attempted murder, and conspiracy to cause an explosion. His trial began on the 5th of February 2020, and on the 17th of March, he was found guilty on the 22 charges of murder, on the grounds that he had helped his brother to source the materials used in the bombing, and had assisted with the manufacture of the explosives used in the attack. His sentence was given on the 20th of August, he was jailed for a minimum of 55 years. The judge did want to give him a whole life order, but as Hashem was 20 years old, this was not allowed, as the minimum age for a whole life order is 21. Hashem's sentence of 55 years is the longest minimum term ever given by a British court. Unfortunately, because of this attack, police reported a 500% increase in the month after the attack in anti-Muslim hate crimes in the Greater Manchester area. The Commission for Countering Extremism was created in the aftermath. Britain was hurting, but this was not the answer. And then Ariana Grande returned to the UK to help us heal. Like I said, she's a good person. She didn't have to come back. No one would have blamed her for not coming back. It was a terrible thing that happened. She was not to blame in any shape or form and I could fully understand it if she was like I cannot go back there but she did and not only did she come back she came back and did good she hosted a benefit concert in Manchester entitled One Love Manchester and it was at Old Trafford Cricket Ground the concert was broadcast live on television radio and social media I watched it and I cried buckets all the way through. I don't think I had a dry eye at any one point. She performed along with other high profile artists and she gave free tickets to those who had attended the show on the 22nd of May. How amazing. Like, you came to see me and this bad thing happened and now I want to give you something back just amazing the concert and the associated Red Cross fund raised 10 million pounds in June for the victims and it grew to 17 million pounds by
by August. I remember seeing it going on social media, calling for Ariana's song One Last Time to be played and to be at number one for 22 weeks, one week for each of the victims. I don't think this happened, but it really should have done. And it's it's kind of eerie and moving that the last song they heard was One Last Time. And that song gives me goosebumps because of that. I want to send my heartfelt sympathies to the families of the victims because you shouldn't be going through this. I also want to send out my sympathies and best wishes to the people that survived the attack, the ones that were walking through and were severely injured. I remember seeing a video that someone had taken inside the arena when the bang happened and people are screaming and people are fleeing for their lives, not knowing what's happened. And they're climbing over stairs, just trying to get away from this noise. And it's horrific to see. Like, you go to a concert, you're wanting to have a happy time. You, One of the victims had been going through a hard time and their friend took them to cheer them up. How bad is that? They've had a hard time. Their friend wanted to do something nice to cheer them up. And they didn't come home. It's heartbreaking. No family should ever have to do that. They should never have to go through that at all. So, as much as I don't understand extremism, radicalisation, I think Ariana's title for the concert says everything. One love. I'm sick of hearing of hate crimes. I'm sick of hearing about extremism. I'm sick of hearing about evil in the world. I don't want to hear about evil because it, it's pointless. You are just hurting people. For what? But then with every evil act that's committed, you see the public coming back and fighting back and helping and you see the good in most people and I am so thankful that the Manchester public rallied together they stepped up they took charge they was not going to let anybody pummel them into the dust even now Vigils are held. We still remember the 22. People walk round and the Manchester Bee is everywhere. So it's a constant reminder of, yes, we experienced tragedy and it's not just been that once. We've had it a few times in Manchester. But as the poem said, the bees still buzz.
so that's another episode done guys we really hope you are enjoying listening to us if you would be so kind we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating five stars if you wish which helps us to get our name out there and to be seen by a bigger audience so until the next episode bye